Tom and Grande want pants too. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power of Suits, and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is, I don't know if I could call him a doppelganger, but we do share a name. It's the one and only Will from the Game Store Guardians, right? And it's the Game Store Guardians, right? It is the Game Store Guardians. How you doing? Man, I'm great. You know, it's one of those things. I always feel like I get that messed up, because I know there's like the Pork Roll Protocol, and the Game Store Guardians, and yes. you've just got so many fingers and so many pies, it's hard to keep track. <laughs> well, it started with Game Store Guardians, and then our group formed a team, Pork Roll Protocol, which is now everywhere, because we pretty much go everywhere in the Northeast traveling and all that stuff. So, Well, there you go. Yeah, and uh, not only do you go to the Northeast traveling, also it seems like you go out West a little bit. Yes, we had... Um, Six people in the Invitational. It would have been seven if uh, Sweet Tea made it through the uh, the uh, last chance qualifier. But we had six in the Invitational. Nice, nice. And the Invitational we're talking about is what? LVO. That's right. So Suits today on House Party Protocol, we have a jam-packed show. So we're going to get right into it. But we're going to be talking about the LVO information, you know, we we had the Invitational, which I don't know how you feel about this, Will, but for me, it feels like that LVO is kind of like the North American Championship in in a way, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, it's- because well, we have Adepticon, we have NashCon, we have Everwinter, we have the Lone Star Open, their second wind, which... A lot of people kind of cross-pollinate between those different events, and I almost, how dare me, forget the Atlantic City Open, which I know is close to your heart. But That's right. It certainly feels as though that LVO is kind of the unofficial, like, it's the one, right? Like, you do that, you're pretty legit, right? Yeah, like, the way I feel is, yeah, it's in January, but... It's the culmination of an entire year's worth of qualifying. So like the ones you mentioned, there's even Everwinter, which is a points event. I think there's the Rocky Mountain Open. There's just a lot of events, plus your local store qualifiers everywhere. So there's a lot of chances to get in. And LVO is kind of just the culmination of all that, plus the lead up to now the next season. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a great event. It's a great event to follow. I know last year Vince from the uh, Alfredo Size 3 Taco Truck took it down with Shield. He actually made it in via the last chance qualifier and then ended up taking down the Invitational, which for those of you that might not know, the way LVO is structured is throughout the year you have events where you can either accrue points to earn a spot in the Las Vegas Open Invitational for Marvel Crisis Protocol, 
or you can play in certain events that are an automatic you're in no matter what you do as long as you win the event. That would be an LVQ, so a, a Las Vegas qualifier, I guess is how they would call that. But either way, there's a difference between qualifying and points. Long story short, to say, a couple of different ways to to participate in this really big event. And also, it's worth noting, the, the Las Vegas Open is not just MCP. It is a very big gaming convention and one that has a lot of competitive lean in it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the room they were in was enormous. I don't know if you saw the pictures on Facebook, but it was huge. Yeah, yeah, it looked insane. And uh, it definitely takes uh, a village to run that. So shout out to literally everyone that took uh, part in that. You know, uh, I know Omnis was a a big part of that. Tyson was a big part of that. Rob was there running some stuff. Uh, Shout out to Mm -hmm. our Discord dad. All that stuff. Like There were too many people to name uh, that I can even think of. I know Lexa was a part of it as well that was running stuff. So Shout out to all of them for running such a big event. And I, I want to take today for a little bit. This isn't the only thing we're going to talk about today because we got some Jerry curls to talk about. I'm just saying. Yeah, we do. I just like, I, I need, I, I'm going to do my own break myself off here. and I'm going to interrupt myself. Is that a thing you can do? No. Can you interrupt yourself? Yeah, but you, listen, this is what you got to say. You just got to let your soul glow, baby. <laughs> I, I mean, if I glow too hard, I'm going to explode and then hurt myself <laughs> in the power phase. So that's right. We'll uh, get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> but but will like I'm I'm medium amounts of super effing hyped. <laughs> yes, I I agree with you. It made me take my uh, X Force out of the timeout it's been in since Everwinter. Yeah. So, but anyways, so we're going to talk about our our favorite Jerry curled hero, and then we're also going to be talking about. LVO and for this podcast, you know, we're going to talk about some of the statistics and some of the stuff we saw there and any kind of information that we can glean to maybe take a pulse of what MCP is right now. Because look, in terms of the plays and the strategies and all of that stuff, I we can talk about that stuff another time. But I just want to mm-hmm. get a a sense of where the game is because well i don't know how it is for you in your local but here locally it's a pretty diverse and and pretty happy place even some flaming headed guy in a jar on a space cycle aside like it's it's in a pretty Mm -hmm. good spot and i'd like to get your opinion on that before we dive into these numbers and and see what you think about that okay well locally on our team yeah it's a very well diverse group of people we play with however i will say three of our people do contribute to the problem (laughs) (laughs) that um two of them play guardians and then uh, the other one was running cabal with cosmic ghost rider but um overall we do have a varied team like i'm always the guy that brings two teams one for like the newer players and then one for like my competitive list and we all try to be very open and like if we're just testing stuff out, we're all free to test and whatever. But when it's coming close to a tournament, that's when the clubs come off and the CGRs come out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when we're talking about CGR and and whether or not he's a problem. I'm pretty sure my stance on this is is pretty 
um, ingrained at this point, but if this is your first time listening to this podcast, there are tools to deal with any character in the game. And the question is, uh, and this is not necessarily how I feel the character is balanced or not, it is, do you want to play a game where you have to bring certain tools, or do you want to play a game where you can throw whatever character on the table you want and have a good time? And we had a Malekith problem for a while, and I also felt like that, you know, in his current state, perfectly fine. Like, he is he is a really <laughs> good, well-balanced seven-threat character now, but it took a while to get there. And it's one of those things where I think that the curve, if you will, the the margin for error, that's probably a better way to put it, the margin for error on the higher threat you go is slimmer. Yes. You know? I would agree with that. Yeah, because when you have these big monsters like a Hulk or a Malekith or a CGR or even a Dormammu, I mean, how are you going to navigate the power they show in the comics to a tabletop game so the first run of it is usually a little overpowered <laughs> yeah and and you got to think that that's even through the play testing process mm-hmm. you know and what i think is interesting is how people view these things because i know that you've been around the community long enough i've been around the community long enough there there is a prevailing sentiment out there that six and above just should not exist. And I want to know what you feel about that. Cause I certainly have my opinion, which I'm going to get into here in just a second. All right. So I feel that they should exist because there's certain characters. Like I'm not saying bring Galactus into the game because honestly don't bring him into the game. No, d- no, 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 no. If it's Galactus, it is, <laughs> it is whatever threat you're playing. That's the that is what you are. You are Galactus, and you are just you are Galactus. Like you put on a helmet that they that they molded for you, and you put it on, and then boom, you're Galactus. All right, I can I can see that. But I, I there's want characters that. that I would love to see in this game, like Phoenix. I would love a Phoenix in this game, and I'd love her to be probably somewhere between seven and eight threat. Like there's characters that they need to be overpowered, but they still need to be just in a well-balanced game. Like Hulk, you can deal with. CGR to a point you can deal with. He's a little oppressive, but you can deal with him. I felt more stressed, honestly, playing into Malekith than I did CGR. And Malekith at his worst. I felt more stressed in that. CGR, you just have to hope he doesn't get lucky. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, CGR is the dice god. Right, like yeah. it, it's either you're gonna roll a bunch of skulls and other successes, or you're not. And yeah, mm-hmm. like the math is the math, and and we did a whole episode on math and all that stuff. And you can go check that out. Highly encourage it. But like the math is the math. So like sometimes there's there's gonna be games that break the math. Other times there's gonna be games that fit right in line with it. But when it comes yeah. to whether or not there should or shouldn't be higher threat characters in the game, at the end of the day. And I'll put this question to you, and you've already said it. If a character that you love, that is exceptionally powerful in the comic books, gets brought into the tabletop, and they are a four threat. So if Phoenix comes out and she's a four threat, how do you feel like that that is a fair representation of that character's power level 
within the comics. Yeah, exactly. Like, so and she's a great example because we already have Jean in the game. Jean is a five threat. So Phoenix is exponentially more powerful than Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. So you can't have her be less than five threat when she comes out eventually, if she were to come out. Yeah, exactly. That, and I think that's a great example. And, and for a character that is close to home for me is Silver Surfer because uh, Silver Surfer is obviously adjacent to one of my favorite teams in Marvel, mm-hmm. which, is, which, is, which is what now? I believe that would be the Fantastic Four. That would be the Fantastic Four. Cue Idris. Reset the clock. Thank you very much, Idris. But uh, yeah, so Silver Surfer, right? Silver Surfer is one of the strongest characters in the mm-hmm. Marvel Universe and is imbued with the power cosmic. And if that character ever comes to the tabletop, I would expect that power to be represented appropriately on the tabletop. And yeah. not as a three threat. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it just, it just does, that doesn't fit. But if you bring in a character like, say, uh, I'm trying to, like Boom Boom from, yes. you know what I mean? Like, like Boom Boom as a three threat, I'm on board. Man, I want Boom Boom in this game so bad. <laughs> you know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like that char- Like there's characters that make sense. Like Cannonball, right? Cannonball's yes. a cool character. And what he does is cool, right? He's invincible while he's flying and like blowing himself up from his, you know, waist down or whatever. And like he's yep. invincible during when he does that. But that's all he does. Yeah. And like, so yeah, okay, he's a three thread. That, make, that makes sense. But like these other characters, uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider, as an example, it, it doesn't make sense for that character to be in the game and not be a high threat. And we are off in La La Land with this discussion, but there I do <laughs> I do want to finish this point because I do I think there's something really interesting here that we're we're kind of scratching at the surface with Will, mm-hmm. and that is what is a six or more threat character supposed to do on the tabletop. He's supposed to be a force. He's supposed to be a presence. Right. And yes, it feels bad when a character that is two threat levels higher than your character. So let's say a six threat taking on a four threat one shots, right? Mm-hmm. It, it feels bad. Like that, that's, it's not a feels good. It feels bad when you lose that character, you lose that activation, etc. But that is the same thing that a four threat should do to a two threat, is it not? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's kind of like where I feel about that. Now, don't get me wrong. Toad is a whole other thing, <laughs> right? Like yeah, that slippery he, little he, bastard. He, there's words I have for him that we can't say here. Yeah, but like. In a general sense, I feel like that 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 exponential curve that we we take up, right, is something that I think we have to account for when we think about these characters. And if I see a character that is five, six, seven, eight threat, I have an expectation that when that character activates, I am losing something. Yeah, and much like the heroes in that situation. You need to have a plan. You need to have a plan. And also, you need to be prepared to lose something. Now, here's the the 
opposite of that and where I think that AMG has maybe missed the market times is you don't need to lose three things, <laughs> you <Yes>. know, <laughs> it's losing a thing or a thing and a half. You know what I mean? Like, like you lose a thing and then like something else gets really hurt. That, yeah. It feels good. Like that, that feels appropriate. But when a character comes and runs the table, like Malekith did at times, or like CGR certainly can at times, it then starts to push too far. But when you think about it logically, correct me if I'm wrong here, a six-threat character should be doing the work of four actions with their two. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because if you do the math, a three-threat character and a three-threat character make a six-threat character. That's four mm -hmm. actions worth of economy. For sure. I mean, it, please tell me if I'm way off base. And Suits, I want you to tell me if I'm way off base here. It's funny because that math even works out for Thanos because if you have th two gems on him, he's eight-threat. So if you're going by the three-threat math, he should be able to four-and-a-half actions of five actions. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, I understand that in the moment it's hard to to see that, right? When you're when a CGR, a Malekith, a Thanos with all the gems, a Hulk, when he just deletes something, mm -hmm. it's it's really difficult to to understand that that's what's supposed to happen. I guess, and and yeah. I've I've been on the receiving end of that. Like, I'm not sitting up here on my high horse being like, "Ooh, look at all you peons down there being all upset and stuff." I don't mean it like that. Like I, I've, I've gotten frustrated too. I've been on the receiving end of it, but, and, and I did not plan on having this conversation. We start this podcast. Just it just spins out. It just spins out like that. It's fine. And it, I've been getting my crap kicked in by CGR, by one of my locals art, like for months. And I've just learned to deal with it. And our games have gotten to be very, very close. Like almost to the point where I've almost beat him a couple times with them. Because honestly, Colossus and Deadpool surprisingly good into CGR because they can't be pulled. Yeah, love it. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> right, I mean, you know, it's finding those tools. And and look, mm -hmm. I'm I'm gonna gonna also say after all of this, I'm not sitting here saying that Cosmic Ghost Rider doesn't need to be tuned better. He does. He is performing oh, above what I would expect a sixth threat to perform like. However. He also needs to have that impact on the table or else he will not be on the table. Yes. Right? Like, he he is a six-threat character that when you factor in what an action economy of a character like that should do, like, I could even see an argument, Will, for saying, hey, we have a six-threat character and... Maybe they should perform an equivalent of three actions as opposed to four because, you know, a four and a two or a three and a three, that's four actions. Well, maybe the CGR should have, like, the ability to kind of do three cool things in a turn. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that we're not here to talk about how to balance out CGR or anything like that. But, look, I'll tell you the simple answer. Change should be once per turn. One hundred percent. Like... <laughs> Let's just, you know, let's just go ahead and pencil that in on the bottom of his card and we'll be fine. Yeah. But anyways, so welcome to the show. Uh, 
Yeah, welcome to the CGR rant. How are yeah. you? Wow. Like, let me just, I, I really need to put my soapbox away real quick because, Will, I did not, did I, did I tell you that that's what we would be doing today? Not at all. Yeah. And, and look, I'm not the best with outlines and stuff, but like, <laughs> I don't know what it was. Something in me, uh, you know what it is, Will? You know what it is? What? I had a couple tonight. Ah, well, I was going to say it's because we opened up the LVO stats and we're like, oh yeah, look at that. Yeah, that's also part of it. Uh, but yeah, I went and hung out with my buddy Andrew. Shout out to Andrew, you the real one. But um, yeah, I had a couple and I felt I felt compelled. You know what I mean? Because this game's important to me, Will. And I think it's important to the people that listen to this podcast. And if you're, again, new here, realize this is, I hope you go back and listen to other episodes because I don't usually start them like this. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is generally a well of positivity in, yeah. and, and, in the house party protocol land. Yes, and I still feel positive in that yeah. the game is great. And let's look at these stats real quick because let's see from the last chance qualifier, right? We we can't really get a good representation because there weren't coded lists required for the last chance qualifier. But what we can do, Will, mm-hmm. is look at the last chance qualifier at all of the affiliations represented here. Yes. And we have five that were not represented, really four if you want to be technical with it. Dark Dimension wasn't represented. Mm-hmm. Sentinels wasn't represented. Wakanda, surprisingly, wasn't represented. That one shocked me. Yeah, and then Weapon X. And then you have Unaffiliated, which I don't really count that as an affiliation. Wait, However, can we talk about Weapon X real quick? Because I was so happy that one brave soul was playing Weapon X in the Invitational. <laughs> I mean, uh, didn't they make it on stream too? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So it's interesting when you look at the entire thing here in this LCQ and you think there's only four affiliations out of uh, too many to count right now? 25, 24? I think there's 25. 25 affiliations yeah. available. And only four were not represented in the LCQ. But when you when you start to look at all the numbers here, this was a pretty broad spectrum of affiliations. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and the top three are surprisingly close. Uh, yeah, so what are those top three, Will? Top three is Defenders, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Web Warriors. Yeah, 11, 10, and 11, respectively. Yeah. Which is wild to see. Like, I guess Web Warriors is having a resurgence in 2024. Yeah, and you know what? That's not surprising, though, because overseas, like, Web Warriors is just huge. Oh, I mean, big time. Web Warriors is huge, and then you've got Aaron out there just crushing it every time he goes anywhere. Web Warriors just kicking some butt. Uh, I'll Mm -hmm. say the surprising thing for me out of all of this is that Avengers isn't higher here. Yeah, A-Force is higher than Avengers by one. Exactly. There were six A-Force players, which (laughs) is wonderful to see. Oh yeah, I just I love it. I love it. What what anything surprise you in terms of these last chance qualifier affiliation numbers? I was surprised X Men was low, but I think a lot of that is just the reaction to Storm's nerf of her leadership. But honestly, it's not that bad because I've been playing X Men a little bit and they're fun. Um, one Shield is surprising. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And for Black Order is also a little surprising. I mean, not so much with the CGR, but you don't, I don't, locally, we don't see a lot of Black Order. 
Yeah, it's interesting because when, I mean, I played them recently, and I remember for a long time, Black Order was one of the most played affiliations. And if you asked me when they unrestricted the gems, I, I would have been like, yeah, Black Order's going to be everywhere. And Yeah, same. I honestly thought that was going to be the situation. I'm like, oh my God, here they come. Yeah. And I think what this list does, Will, is really show us as players that when you show up to an event, you might hear someone like me going off about CGR or or another podcast going off about CGR. And yeah, there were 10 players that you could bet had CGR in their list because they were playing Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, yes, you could be in any list at any time, mm -hmm. but you can feel pretty sure that you were going to see him at least 10 times. Maybe yeah. you did, maybe you didn't. But the fun thing about that is you've got to play five rounds in an event like this because there were 72 people. Yeah, five rapid-fire rounds. Right. 74 people, I guess, was the total in this, this event. Yeah, 74. So your odds of actually running into him are like medium? Yeah, medium to low. Right? So like it's one of those things where like maybe having a plan is a good thing, but but worrying over it is one of those things that I would encourage you not to do. Yeah, because if you plan too much for one list, what happens when like spider foes comes out of nowhere? Mm. <laughs> it just knocks you on your ass. Exactly. Like what happens when that one convocation player shows up and whoops your booty tail with all that magic? Yeah, shout out to uh, Jeff, who's our defender convocation player locally. <laughs> mm, my man, that's right, that's right. Yeah, that's that's a real one there. Way to go, Jeff. You're my hero, Jeff. <laughs> but well, do you think there's any more information to be gained from looking at the LCQ and and these huh. numbers here? Well, another bit of information is Beta Ray Bill is super popular. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna see that when we start <laughs> looking at the invitational stats for sure. Yeah. And Brace for Impact, also super popular. Yeah, you know what else uh, about Brace for Impact that's pretty awesome? What is it, Will? It's on my body forever. <laughs> yeah, I love that picture, actually. Yeah, it's pretty great. So, uh, uh, yeah, I've been joking about it, I guess, for a while, but I went and did it. I actually got a Brace for Impact tattoo. No joke. And, uh, yeah, check out House Party Protocol on the social medias if you want to see that. I love it. I'm pretty happy with it. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like how it came out. It came out really good. I think it looks awesome. Yeah. So, Will, let's go on now and talk about the Invitational here because I think this okay. is where we get the real information because every list had to be coded so that we could get these statistics. So, again, shout out to the organizers for making that a thing. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, we can... Uh, Comfortably say that Guardians of the Galaxy is pretty legit. Yes. Uh, that they, 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 it's one of those things. I had heard that, like, oh, you know, Guardians, they're good, but they don't win much stuff. And then, like, we started talking about it in the HPP Discord. Turns out they win a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's been kind of funny that the last week, everyone listens to like podcasts, other podcasts from like the last week or whatever, pre LVO, and they're all like, Oh, no way. CGR is not going to be on the top table. No, Guardians, there's no way Guardians is winning LVO. What happened? Uh, well, spoiler alert, Guardians won LVO. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, and I, I'll say the same thing I, I said in the last one. I guess you couldn't play unaffiliated. No, never mind. You could play unaffiliated here because it is considered a uh, part of the affiliations. But uh, yes. there were four affiliations unused. And, you know, I, I feel I feel some kind of way about this. Convocation <laughs> was unused in the top 64 at LVO. I really think that has to do with them not getting any new pieces in a while. I don't know. I mean, I... I do still feel like they are not solved. I think that there's a a a thought of like, oh yeah, the wizards are solved. You do it one way, and you know you try to, you know, move and get the extract and survive and and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like I still think they're unsolved, man. I think that there's some some play left in the wizards that has yet to reveal itself. I'd agree with you because I've tried Convocation maybe twice and they are entirely too big brain for me. Although I do have a list that I have that I haven't been on the table yet. That's I think it's called Wizards and Wizards Adjacent. So <laughs> it's <laughs> Ultron because he has a fancy cape. Oh, yeah. And Modoc Scientist Supreme in there, too. I love it. I love it so much. And uh, yeah, Ultron with his fancy cape. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. So we got yeah. the Wizards Convocation. Where's unrepresented dark dimension hydra and sentinels yeah hydra is probably the one that i am very surprised about because every single time i play against hydra i'm like oh my goodness these guys are good they are and i i have a i have two separate hydra lists because i find it nearly impossible to make a hydra list without shenanigans like it just feels like a faction of supervillains trying to outdo each other. Oh, I mean, I mean, it is definitely the old the meme of like the Legion of Superheroes in like the swamp. Oh yeah, I mean it's that. Salmon Grande want pants too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. I mean that's that's it. You know, and that's really what uh, Red Skull Two is. But I'm surprised about that. But I also don't think that that means any of these affiliations. Maybe Sentinels. Any of these affiliations, I think you could take to a game night at your local store and have a good time with. You could have a good time with Sentinels, even Sentinels. Mm -hmm. We've got a local that's pretty casual in the game. He plays Dark Dimension and has a great time with it. And we talk about different strategies and all that stuff. So when we're sitting here talking about these four affiliations that aren't used, that doesn't mean that they are bad affiliations by any stretch of the imagination. No, not at all. Like one of our guys on our team, Greg, he he was on Danger Room. He is the number one player in North America for Dark Dimension. He whips my butt with them whenever we play. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I I always get my butt kicked by Dark Dimension too because it's like, oh, cool, you attacked Dormammu, get pushed, and now you're hexed. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah, we were. At, yeah, me and uh, Alyssa were actually talking about that today in in my Discord. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. So, out of the four, there or. Of those four aside, there is a very healthy representation of affiliations here. Out of the sure. 64 players, you have, what is it, 30 represented by three affiliations, but then mm-hmm. everything else is very spread out. Yeah. And I think that's a, indicative of a pretty healthy thing. Now, you could look at it and say, wow, 30, so half almost half is mm-hmm. represented by only three out of the 24. 
realistically, because of the way characters are able to be mixed and matched and and put out there throughout everything, I, I think that it's okay. I, I don't know. How do you feel about that? I think it's I think it's a healthy game state. I mean, Winterguard made it into the Invitational, and last year they were a joke. Like, and they made it on stream, if I'm not mistaken. They did. They did. Yeah. So, yes, right now the conversation is dominated by one faction. But almost everybody showed up to play. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is really what we have to focus on as a community is saying, cool, I want to play A-Force and I can go to the premier competitive event of MCP in Las Vegas take my A-Force list and and feel okay about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah, me too. You know, and and I think that anyone that dismisses the fact that almost every affiliation was represented, whether it's one player or 12 players playing a particular affiliation, anyone that dismisses that fact, I think, is doing the game and the community a disservice. Yeah, I agree with that. Because, look, we had one Inhumans player, right, in this thing. But we've seen Inhumans throughout the course of 2023 get their due. Yeah, let's say hi to Brian real quick. Hi, Brian. That's right, Brian, Freddie, and Alyssa. She's an Inhuman at heart, too. Yep. But I'm saying, like, there was only one player that was playing Inhumans here. But that does not mean that Inhumans isn't a very well-regarded and very good affiliation. For sure. Yeah. They were one of the big winners from the uh, rebalance. Exactly. Exactly. But talking about affiliations aside, let's now look at characters. And Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it was like for Okoye's numbers when she was kind of at like the tip top of like her powers at the height of her powers. Mm Mm-hmm. But I seem to remember she was in somewhere like more than 50% of lists. Wow, that was before my time. Yeah. I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure it was like approaching 60% of lists. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Which, cool, that's a problem. Beta Ray Bill is in 39 out of 64 lists. Insane. So that is more than 50% of lists. I do think... You have to to look at that with a slight grain of salt in that there were 12 Guardians players. Every Guardians player is going to take Beta Ray Bill because he's affiliated. Yes. It's ridiculous if you don't. There was one Asgard player. That accounts for 13 right there. Okay? Mm -hmm. Then there was Hellfire Club. Now, I'm not sure about everybody's Hellfire Club list. But I would assume that yeah. Hellfire Club is Beta Ray Bill friendly. Any Hellfire Club list I have seen or played against has Bill in it. So that is 21 potential of these 39. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he was in an Inhumans list. I'm confident in that as well. I mean, <laughs> look, he's going to be in a lot of places, obviously, yeah. by these numbers. Bill is a good character. He is, he is a very good four threat now is he such a good four threat because of his kit 
or is it because of that tactics card? Surprise. Yeah. What, what, what do you I think, think? Bill, I think Bill is a solidly good character. I don't think he's the problem in that equation. Yeah. I think it, yeah, I think eyes on the prize is more of what is propelling Bill to the forefront because yes, now you can use Hella as a safe grab for eyes on the prize, but Bill is just the go-to. I mean, it's very common for Bill to just have a center line play, move back, and then next turn move move throw. Like that's just the Bill play pattern. Uh, yeah. But but his popularity is in no doubt. Yes, he's a great character in general. In Marvel, in the comics, in the game, he's a good character. But eyes on the prize, I mean, not to jump ahead, Bill was taken 39 times. Eyes on the prize was taken 41 times. Yeah, and the two times that are unaccounted for is because somebody had Hella. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least that's my guess. But it's interesting when we talk about the marriage of characters and tactics cards because... When we look at statistics like this from a big event, and I think that we can use these statistics to gain some insight into the more competitive player's mindset. And you know this. I've been on record. Eyes on the prize is not a problem. It's all of these things working together that become a problem, I guess. And when you play eyes on the prize, that does not win you the game. No, it just gets you an early advantage. You you gain an advantage, and you make your opponent have to play a way to where, okay, cool, they have to do something to take that advantage back, whether that stays a character or push a character off a point, something, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm very much in the camp of it is it is not something that is uh, I don't know how I want to explain it, but like. It's 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 not a problem. It's just there's some characters that can use it to an advantage that probably was not foreseen. Exactly. And do I think Eyes on the Prize at this point should be on the restricted list? Because we've seen AMG before say popularity equals restricted. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. I, I don't like that. I, I, I don't like that that is a thing. In for this car specifically because I was using it before it was cool. Um, hey, that was me with follow me. I yeah. was using it before it was cool, and now it's gone. Yeah, exactly. But I do think that this is a candidate for the restricted list because of that popularity factor. Even though I don't love it, but let's talk about characters. We'll come back to text cards in a second. So, Bill, yeah. far and away, the most popular of four threat characters, but. I'm going to talk about the character in the number three slot. And that is somebody who I think even myself felt was going to be kind of dead after a recent rebalance. And that is Felicia Hardy, the black cat. Yes. Who was taken in 23 out of 64 lists. And I will, will reiterate these numbers. There were 10 web warriors players. So you can assume in all 10 of those, and then three criminal syndicate players, which is the two places that she would be mainly affiliated. I would probably throw Hellfire in there, at least one. I would think Hellfire as well. But I'm I'm using those two to say, like, that is, uh, that's interesting, though. Yeah, because, right? I mean, it's mostly her affiliation. Yeah. 
And why do you feel like she is the third most popular character at an event like this? Extract steals are gold. And yeah, her steel is now in action, but she has the steel. She has a stagger. She has a place so she can kind of get back to wherever she wants. And she's a long mover for three points. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm really interested to to talk to people that were at this event or, or people in general, because when I see Black Cat's kit right now, I look at that, I'm like, is she just a stagger bot? And if so, is that enough? It, obviously, this shows that she's not. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess you're right. Those, not, I, I played against a Black Cat last night, and not being able to roll crits into her is annoying. Yeah. I, I played against one recently, too, and Black Swan was like, get wrecked. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, like, it's, it's just funny to me. Like, you know, Black Swan didn't care about that. It's Black Swan. I mean, it's Black Swan. Yeah. You know, you know how I feel about Black Swan. I know you love her. She's the best, uh, but also not, but she's the best. Um, <laughs> so, Will, are there any characters on here that you want to highlight in terms of their popularity or lack of popularity? Not so much character, but I was surprised that the only two Infinity Stones taken were reality and space on Thanos every time Thanos was there. Senior Thanos, man, it's good. See, I, I personally like Mind Space Thanos. I like Miss Thanos. Okay. But, like, it was just surprising that no one else tried a Mind Space or a Mind Reality or something like that, that everyone went reality space. Yeah. So I think that you can look at it like this, right? So let's look at the Black Order affiliation numbers, right? There were four players that said, I can play Black Order. There was a total of one game played as Black Order affiliated. And I think that is the reason why you see so much more space reality as opposed to mind and space. Okay. Because I think that Mind space plays more into Thanos as the support piece, mm. whereas space reality plays more into Thanos, the guardian splash. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can see that. But with that said, I do also agree that that is surprising as heck mm -hmm. because he has access to all of them. And these are the only two. And again, these are the two that were previously restricted. Yeah. So if I'm AMG and I see this data, yeah, it's only seven people that brought Thanos. All seven of those people were probably playing Guardians and Black oh. Order, you know, or or some, you know, whatever. But I'm I'm assuming that all seven of them were playing Guardians. And yeah, and then oh go ahead. No, and and so when I see that and you see that Thanos is only taken with these two gems. And previously, we had seen a downturn in Thanos' utility when both of those gems were restricted because it was, oh, well, you have to choose. Do you want to have this eight-threat Thanos, or do you want to have access to Brace for Impact? Mm. You know? So I think this is data, even though, again, it's only seven people that brought this, that you could say, this, this might be worth re-evaluating. Yeah. And the only other thing I was going to point out is Cosmic Ghost Rider was taking in 14 lists. He he was at number nine out of 10 characters, just ahead of Amazing Spider-Man. 
Yeah. And 12 of those players are guardians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and we, we had this big rant uh, for some reason, some a-hole wanted to go on a rant earlier. I don't know why uh, about cosmic there? ghost rider. And when I see numbers like this, right? So 14 cosmic ghost riders possible out of 64 players, somebody do that math at home, but it doesn't seem like a lot. Yeah. That's 50 lists that don't have CGR. Right. So the menace of CGR is, oh, I'm, I'm in danger of doing the thing, Will. I'm in danger down. Of, of, of saying that the internet might not be right. I'd I say right with an asterisk. asterisk. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and look, I want to know what you think listening to this podcast, because I can sit here and say all day, that like, oh yeah, CGR, yeah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like, what do you experience in your games? Let us know in the comments on the podcast. There's, if you're listening on Spotify, there's a, an opportunity to answer some questions at the end. Do that or send messages, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Messages on the Discord. We have a podcast feedback section. I would love to know what you guys think there. Or uh, you can uh, message on Facebook or leave a comment on Facebook as well. That's a great option also. So, uh, yeah, just all that. CGR, 14 taken, 12 Guardians players. So, obviously, he was splashed in at least two other places. Mm -hmm. I just, I think it's, he's really good, but is he an, an auto win? The answer is no. Yeah. Clearly. I agree with that. Yeah. But after you get out of these like top 10, so Amazing Spider-Man's number 10 with 13 taken, Wong mm -hmm. number 11 with 13 mm -hmm. times taken. Yes, sir. <laughs> like Amazing Spider-Man. That's right. That's right. Uh, way to go, Wong. But, uh, you know, I see these numbers and as we go down through these character lists and everything, it feels like a pretty good spread. Yeah. You know, like we had Pyro, who I think is Bananagrams awesome. Only represented in six lists. Mm -hmm. And I bet all six of those were Web Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there, there were six Brotherhood players. And but I'm like, seriously, like Web Warriors, Pyro. Mm, if you haven't done it, just try it. He's in my X-Force right now. Yeah. And, and, and it's a character that if you just said who is going to be one of the most popular top 10 characters at LVO? I'd have said Pyro for sure. Yeah, for sure. Because his, his utility is just incredible. He's great. He's great. But, you know, another character, Luke Cage. You hear people like myself, other podcasts, other creators, you know, any other Discord you're on, all that stuff. You know, Luke Cage. Oh, Luke Cage, so good. Luke this, Luke that. Seven times Luke was taken mm -hmm. out of 64 lists. I I think, Will, that what we see from this data overall, yes, beta overrepresented. Does that mean the character or the tax card combo is busted? I think it's more the latter, not the former. But I think we have a pretty healthy game on our hands here. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you. I don't feel like it's very stale right now. I know that's been a discussion out there, but I don't see that when I'm looking at this data. 
Yeah, no, not at all. I think more of the staleness just comes in the lack of releases since the core box, where people are like, we're seeing the same thing. Because there hasn't been anything to shake up list making right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's about to change, so we got a bunch of stuff coming out in the next couple months. Oh, uh, man, yeah, get your pocketbooks ready, baby. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you. Now, one of the things that I think we should uh, also address here is we were, we were talking about Malekith for a second. Earlier, he is in the all others three or fewer section. Yeah, that's shocking. Well, not really shocking, but just a stark comparison from last year. Stark comparison. And also, I think it's one of those where like that needle or that pendulum swings way too far in one direction or the other sometimes. Mm -hmm. Because I think Malekith is still a very good character. I'm not saying I want to see more Malekith. Don't get me wrong. Keep your Malekith at home. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is like the idea that no, nah, he's just gone. I'm it's no, like he's still a good character. Yeah. It's just, people have a, a adverse reaction when I, whenever there's a nerf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not to black cat. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. 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 She's the exception because she's lucky. Yes. She is lucky uh, or she's anti-lucky. Uh, anti lucky. Yeah. Cause Domino's lucky. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's right. Black Cat projects bad luck on others exactly. to make herself look lucky. Exactly. Yes. So, Will, let's now talk at the team's tactics cards. Obviously, <laughs> race for impact. Number one in your hearts. Number one on the tabletop as well. Number one on your body. Uh, also, number one on your right thigh. That is correct. <laughs> yes, it, it looks so good. I'm so happy with my artist. It does. It, it's amazing. So we had Brace for Impact number one, Fallback number two with 45 lists. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Like, if you I'd have had no idea that Fallback would have been that high. I feel like Fallback really has just recently gotten that surge since CGR came out. That's got to be it. Yeah. It's that CGR factor. It's got to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what else to explain. Like, like if you survive, Cool get out of range yeah yeah any other standouts here for you um no matter the cost being 29 uh 29 players using that that's uh pretty telling as well put it on a restricted list <laughs> i'm so, you yeah want, I, I think it should be yeah and then and one of your favorite cards exceptional healing restricted that's, list that's in the top 10 do it right now get yeah. it out of here leave the card alone get it out of here <laughs> look i um, i will say Restricted list is one of those things that I think should be a scalpel and not a hammer. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that this one event is enough data to say one way or the other on these characters or these cards overall. But I also think that no matter the cost, exceptional healing and those kind of like combinations can make for negative play experiences. Yeah. And the difference, someone out there is saying this right now, well, Will, zzz, Wills, <laughs> what's the difference between exceptional healing and Odin's blessing? And I say to you, one is affiliated and one is not. And wasn't Odin's blessing originally not Asgard affiliated? Uh, no, that was doomed prophecy. Oh, okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, but yeah, that, that that is the literal difference. If you gave exceptional healing the effect that it has, but you restricted it only. To Weapon X, I have no complaints. 
But the fact that... Or an X team. Nope, Weapon X. I said what I said. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, like, come on. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. You know I'm you right. You sad when you say that, though. In your, in your left ventricle, you feel it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, though, 16 players out of 64 doesn't seem like a lot. But then when you think about, okay, there were only four X-Men players, two X-Force, and one Weapon X. So a total of seven total players playing things that are affiliated with a healing character. I'm not counting Criminal Syndicate or Spider-Foes that has Lizard, even though I guess I should, because that's probably not fair to not leave those out, but that would equal... Yeah, Strucker and Hydra. Oh, yeah, that's Strucker for Hydra, which had some representation. Oh, wait, he didn't want to represent it at all. Uh, no. But he's Cabal, <laughs> so I guess... To, th- there's That's the thing. We don't have... You know, we're not trying to go through every list and comb through every list and all that stuff. I don't, uh, you know, exceptional healing is just one of those things I've run into enough where I'm like, Ooh, I don't love it. But at the same time, it's probably fine. It's probably fine until um, the new mutants come out and we have that Xavier's dream card. Then you're going to be real upset. Like I said, restrict it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, other than that though, like there's a really nice mix of cards here. Like mm-hmm. I like seeing, Stark Armory only being six because that's one of those cards where it's like, man, this feels like it's going be a really great card. You're going to see it everywhere. But if you look at that, we only had two Avengers players and we only had six shield players and that card Stark Armory was only represented in six lists. Yep. I think that's pretty great. Yep. You know, it's a good card. It's a good card. Yeah, It's a great card. Patch up was represented 13 times. Um, you know, deception, which just got the the hammer, was mm-hmm. six times. I I don't see anything yeah. here that tells me that we're not in a good game state. No, I think I mean other than the obvious outlier of Beta Ray Bill and that's on a prize. Correct. Everything is pretty much in line with what you expect. I mean, brace for impact was taken fifty four times because hey, throws are a thing. Yeah, and look, there is an argument of like. Well, you just eat the throw. You know, you're only going to get to use Brace one time, but that one time can matter. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, that one size four throw that you block can be the difference between getting an activation and not. Yeah. That matters. That matters. I always ask my opponent, so did you bring Brace? Oh, you did? Okay, cool. I'm going to throw this size one at you. Oh, cool. I'll take it. Two damage. I'm going to throw this size two at you. Okay, cool. I'm going to take it. Two damage. Like, yeah, that's right. Keep taking these little throws. Oh my god, you know how much I love spike throwing with cable? <laughs> it's the best, isn't it? Yeah, it's so good. I yeah. took out a lecture with a piece of trash one time. It was fine. It's the best. So the other thing I want to talk about here is there's two other cards that I want to talk about before we move okay. on to our favorite mutant. Favorite mutant. Um, yeah. Second favorite mutant. Uh, and that is the fact that Mission Objective was represented 38 times out of 64 lists it is, I think, representative of the fact that extract control, one way or another, especially not so much eyes on the prize, but more mm-hmm. so, I think, as the game progresses, that extract control becomes so paramount. Yes, that and Rhinobri. And Rhinobri. Yeah. 15 times. Well, I'm just saying, um, mission objective, if somebody, if Rhino's coming up to you to try to 
to get that off of you, you pass the object off, it stops the throw. That's right, because it is drops the thing and then yep. does the does the thing. So yeah, no, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. And then uh, another one that I think is it's a candidate, it's a candidate, and that's no matter the cost. Yeah. No matter the cost is great. It's not a card that I personally like using often on characters that don't have healing factor. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, on a character like a Cosmic Ghost Rider that has a larger health pool saying, cool, I'm going to spend three health, I have three power, and now I'm Cosmic Penance staring you to death. Yeah. It's like, oh, I just stare at you and die. There you go. Yeah. Seems pretty good. Mm-hmm. Seems pretty good. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Uh, last thing to talk about from LVO. Crisis. Crisi? Crisi. Yes. Yes, Crisi. Crisi. Um, yeah, hammers. Everybody loves a hammer. Just, mm-hmm. you know, set it, forget it, expect to play hammers. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like 30% of the time you're going to play hammers. I feel like hammers is like a security blanket for people now. Yeah, also... And I'm glad that the numbers reflect this. Spider portals is the worst crisis. <laughs> like six people took spider portals and sword base, but spider portals is the one we're focusing on here. It is the worst because yeah, that one it's it's rough. Look, even if you have five energy defense claw, you're gonna roll a skull, and like it's it's just gonna be bad. It's yeah. just bad. I just I hate it. Like don't get me wrong, it's a it's it's actually a good crisis. Like I'm I'm being facetious when I say it's bad, but it's the worst. But it's a good crisis. Like it, but it really throws off the dynamic of a game of a match if you just fail that over and over again. I've I've had a match where I just failed that stuff over and over and over and over and over and over again, and then I've had matches where, yep, nailed it every time or watched my opponent fail them constantly. Yep, that and intrusions can both can either be real good or just screw you. Oh man, intrusions is so much so great though. Yeah, it is. I like intrusions a lot. And don't forget, if you have enough power, just because your opponent placed you on the one that you didn't want to be on, you can still interact again and try again. Mm -hmm. So remember that. Anyways, any anything from Crisis you want to talk about? Um, tied for second, Deadly Legacy Scrolls and Scoundrels, just. Losing out by one to hammers is kind of kind of nice. I like scoundrels personally. Yeah, it's, it's become one of my favorite counter um, crises. But the other one is research station. Twenty two times. Please stop with research station. <laughs> research station is great. Is the thing about research, and I think legacy virus also. And maybe I'm wrong in this and how this game worked out uh, with this event. Is those are pretty neutral. Is and legacy virus like unless you can, you know Voltron, then it's a very slow scoring crisis. The I don't think research station is neutral at all. That definitely favors the big tanky boys. Well, either neutral, the big tanky killy boys or the big tanky throwy boys. Yeah, touche. But yeah. Uh, it's neutral insofar as like accessibility for most squads. Mm. You know what I mean? And I also think. That if you look at the threat values of, you know, you've got the top, the, the top four are, that's an 18, that's a 19, a 20, and a 20. Yeah. Right? So, like, high threat, 
and then uh, Extremis is a 17, Gamma's 15, Demons is a 19, Research is a 15, Infinity is a 17, Paranoia is a 16. So, like, yeah. really, like, other than the shape of Gamma and um, uh, what's the other uh, research station, I think people mm-hmm. want that higher threat. Yeah, it's fun to play with more toys, especially the higher threat, you have a better chance into some of those super tall lists. Exactly. That, like, rely on that 15. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that the the crisis that you're going to see, like, I think you could use this list here and say, okay, cool, people clearly don't want to play Black Order Portals, so maybe I play Black Order Portals. People mm-hmm. clearly don't want to play Sword Base, so maybe you throw Sword Base in your list. You know, even Intrusions, which you mentioned... It's represented 12 times, which is half the amount of a gamma. But Intrusions is a great crisis, especially if you want to fight. Yeah, for sure. You know, but that's the thing. We only have 22 total crisis. Crisis eye? Crisis eyes. Crisis eyes. We only have 22 of them. So you're going to see all of them. But you're probably going to, if you play an event like this, probably going to play hammers two or three times mm-hmm. you know so yeah that is what it is oh my goodness will we have taken an hour uh, yeah yeah we have i believe you said hey let's just try to keep it to an hour <laughs> what have i done what have i Listen, done we have a good time sometimes we go off on stories it's fine i told myself 2024 was going to be the year of deliberacy <laughs> um try again yeah try again Okay, so now, though, we do have to, we've got to talk about, I'm going to break this episode into two. All right, we're going to have two, two, two episodes here. What we're going to do. I think that's fair. Yeah, what we're going to do. So, Suits, listening to this, check out the bonus episode that we're going to have covering everyone's favorite overloading mutant bishop. We're going to do a little bonus episode. It's going to be shorter, so, you know, have fun with that. But, uh, Will, where can the suits find you? Uh, you can find me at the Game Store Guardians. Um, also part of Pork Row Protocol, our New Jersey team. I'm in all the discords under Half-Assed Ninja or Will GSG. And that's pretty much where you're going to find me. Yes, do all of that. And uh, also, suits, we're doing a, a new giveaway for the Wakanda box set you know it's one of those like these rival packs are definitely cost prohibitive to a lot of people so i'm gonna like to give one away to a lucky listener out there so we're gonna be doing a giveaway for that check the facebook page you will see that and uh it'll have all the ways to enter there we're also going to have a bonus code word however it's going to be in the bonus episode so a twist haha uh, make sure to listen to the bonus episode about Lucas Bishop. And um, yeah, we'll do that. And send us messages, housepartyprotocolpod.gmail.com. If you're interested in supporting the show, check out Patreon, patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol for as little as a dollar a month or what is it, Will? Uh, $12 a year. Exactly. You can come and hang out in the literal best community on the internet I love it. It is, it's my favorite place. I I can't even, can't even with how much I love it and, uh, come hang out there and, uh, will can speak to that a little bit if you'd like. 
Yep. This is, that was the first community I joined when I started playing MCP. And I consider my home discords, my own personal one, the Game Store Guardians one, and House Party Protocol. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's wonderful. And it's the people that make it so great. So if you want to be a part of that wonderful community, check that out. And uh, look, the paywall is literally just to keep trolls out. It's, it's the literal mm-hmm. only reason. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I really appreciate everyone over there. Thank you all so much. Thank you for listening to all of us. Uh, look, I tied one on a little bit and I hope y'all enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, let me know what y'all think of our fun takes here. And, um, you know, it's okay to tell me that I need to be less ranty. I will accept that criticism. I want to know how to provide you, the listener, with a better podcast. So, uh, yeah, let us know. And with that, uh, get ready for the next episode. And I'll save my usual exit, Will, for that one. But we'll see you in a few minutes, right, Will? That's right. That's right.